Well, I'm a youth minister and I see lots of teenagers falling head over heels on Friday night, spotting that guy or girl. Maybe it's the butterflies. Maybe it's you see something and you just feel something. Maybe it's the vibes. I don't know. There's a lot of different reasons why we love. But from this passage, we see that Christian love is different, firstly, because we have a different reason. We have a different reason. Let me read from verse 7. And John says this. Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. So he's talking to Christians. He says, brothers, friends, the reason that we love is because we know of God's love. See, if you're a Christian here this morning, if you have someone who has put your faith in Christ and what he did upon the cross, that he died for you and that he rose again, there is, there is something that has happened in you, something supernatural, something miraculous, something outrageously big. You now have the Spirit of God living inside of you. You have now been born again by the Spirit, as he says in verse 7, born of God. And I think John, he unpacks this later on in verses 14 to 16. In other words, if you've someone who has put your faith in Christ, the God who isn't cold and uncaring, but the God who is love, has come to live in you, as John says in verse 15. Have a look. I just want you to stop and pause and let that deep theological truth sink in. It's massive. And then John goes on and says, well, because we have been born again, born again by the Spirit of God, we now have relationship with Him. We can know Him through scripture and prayer. And because of this, he continues and says this in verse 16. He says this, And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. Or we have come to know and rely on the love God has for us. See, what do you think John is meaning that as born-again Christians, we can know and rely on God's love. Do you think he means just intellectually knowing about it? I think that's part of it. I think that's really important. But I think it goes deeper. See, I could have an intellectual knowledge of Monaval Beach. I could know its postcode, 2103, that I looked up. I could know that it's 28 kilometres north of the CBD. I could know the different times that the swell picks up. I could know the different headlands. And that's good. But 
there's another step of me actually going there. There's a different knowledge of me going there and walking along the sand and swimming in the cool ocean. Or another example, I could know lots of head knowledge about my dad. He's a doctor, that he's the youngest of three kids, that he loves cryptic crosswords, and that he's very generous and loving. I can know that here, but the thing is, I know that on a different level, so to speak. I know that on a personal level because I'm his son. I lived with him for over 20 years and still spend time with him. See, what does John mean when he says, as born-again Christians, you are now to know and rely on God's love? Sure, he wants us to rack our brains and to know it theologically, but he also wants us to know it personally, that it actually warm and grip our hearts. And I'm not saying that we're going to have warm, fuzzy feelings about it all the time, but it ought to be significant to us. It ought to move us because this is the love that sent Christ to the cross to die for us and rise again. This is the love that has brought about our salvation. Too often I can forget it. Too often I can grow numb to it. And we mustn't. We must preach the gospel to ourselves knowing and relying on this love because when we do that, God's love pours from us. As I said at the start, what makes Christian love different? Well, firstly, we have a different reason. We have been born again and we can know God's love personally through his God-breathed word and through his spirit. That's the first thing. But secondly, Christian love is different because the practice is different. See, how do people in our world, how do we show and express love? Well, if you're a teenager, it's maybe through emojis or texting. Maybe if you're a bit older, perhaps it's through sending flowers or a head nod or holding someone's hand. See, some of us might think, oh, I can see how the reason is different, but surely the practice, surely that's the same. In some instances, it may look the same. But at the heart of Christian love, at the heart of the practice, so to speak, there is a key difference. And the key difference is this. It is Christ-like. Let me read. Turn your Bibles to verse 9. And John says this, God's love was revealed or shown among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. See, the practice of Christian love is different because it is like Jesus. 
Jesus loved us in meeting us where we were at, meeting us in our sin. And did he love those who loved him? Did he love those who were cheering him on? Well, no, he loved those people who spat in his face, who flogged him, who beat him. And if you think about it, that was us because of our sin, so to speak. He loved his enemies. And how did he love his enemies? Just by a pat on the back? No, he loved us by dying in our place as the propitiation or the atoning sacrifice. That means God's wrath was absorbed upon Jesus on the cross so that we could walk away guilt-free, forgiven. This is love, John says. It is loving even when it's hard. It's loving when we don't get loved back. It's loving even if there's no physical reward in front of us, even if we're not celebrated or praised. This is love. It's almost love redefined. Redefined in God's way. For he is love. And some of you might think, well, that seems impossible. I can't do that. I can't love like that. And you'd be right. We can't in our own strength. And that's why I started with point one. We can only love like this if we have been born again and if we are knowing and relying on God's love for us because when we do that, it flows from us. Number one, what makes Christian love different? Number one, it is the reason. Number two, it is the practice. But number three, it's the result. See, when you love someone, what happens? Often people feel pretty good. People feel happy. Maybe they're comforted. I'm not, I'm not too sure. There's lots of different results when we love in a general sort of way. But what's the different result when we love like Jesus? Let me read from verse 12. And John says this. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us or made complete in us. If you notice that phrase right at the start of verse 12, that also appears in John chapter 1, where John says, well, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son has made him known. Christ is the image of God. We see God through Jesus. And so what's the result of us knowing God's love and us acting out, living God's love? Well, his love is perfected in us. We become more and more like Christ. We are molded more and more into Christ's likeness. Now, for me, when I went to school... I'm not an arty person, but I enjoyed art lessons because I could get my hands dirty. I could do stuff. And I reckon one of the funnest lessons was when we did pottery because you could chuck the bits of clay around. It was all pretty fun. But the thing is with pottery, when you're in the early stages, it's really fun because it's, you can mould it and bend it however you like. 
And essentially, when we know of God's love and when we are loving like him, we are in God's hands, the potter's hands. He is molding us more and more into Christ's likeness so that the result is different. People don't look at us and say, hey, Chris, you're fantastic. But people look beyond us and see Jesus. They see God, which is the result, the goal. I remember in our old church, um, we had these teams, teams of young people where we would go out into the community um, and help out struggling families or widows. And I had a team and we were assigned this widow's house. And I remember my first interaction with her. Um, she was pretty hesitant. I'm this tall, young, redhead guy. I would be hesitant too. Um, she wasn't too open when I chatted to her. She was pretty reserved. Um, but for some reason, she let us come into her house every month and weed her garden bed, rake the leaves off her front lawn, um, and all that sort of stuff, wash her dishes. And we did that month after month after month. But there was one, one afternoon where I had gone in early and we were having a cup of tea. And she said, Chris, I don't understand something. And I said, that's okay. I don't understand lots of things. <laughs> I'm not the brightest. What don't you understand? And she said, oh, these, these young people, these teenagers, I don't get them. Like, why are they here in my house and not playing video games? not just hanging out with their friends. It's, I don't understand. And I said, it is pretty amazing. But the thing about these teenagers is they know God. They know of his love. They know of Christ and what Christ has done. And they want to love him and they just want to serve him. And from that moment you could just see that this Christ-like love softened this heart. We were able to have further conversations. I was able to find out that earlier on in her life, she, she was around the church, but she had drifted away for various reasons. That opened more opportunities for us to have a birthday party for her where the young people bought her a Bible. And that also opened an opportunity one afternoon where she came up to me and I was just cleaning up and she said, Chris, I want to accept Christ, the God that you know. It was phenomenal. Now, why do I share that story? We went to a bunch of other different families' houses and different widows' houses and it wasn't the same story. But the reason I share that is, see, when we love like Christ, the result isn't that people see how fantastic we are, but that people would be pointed to Christ. We don't know what part of the process we will be. Perhaps our Christ-like love, mentioning him and loving like him, it may be simply just plowing the hard heart. It may do that work. Perhaps it's tearing down barriers to open up future conversations. Or maybe, you, like... I had the privilege of, maybe you will be able to see people come and accept Christ. But the result is different. So I pray that as his church, we would be marked by this Christ-like love. 
we would love for he first loved us. Many of us know that at Pitt Town, one of our key focuses for this year is hospitality. And I pray that we would be doing that. We would be opening up our homes. It was pretty interesting. We were just chatting about what our go-to meals were. And John, you were saying haggis. And, I, and I'm thinking, oh, that's, I don't know if I could stomach that, but I, I'd give it a go. <laughs> but I pray that we would be opening up our homes, even if it is eating haggis. I can, we'll see how we go. But we would be doing that. We'd be going to the pub or going to cafes with people and not doing it so that people see how fantastic we are, but so that people are pointed to Christ. That they would see the image of the invisible God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, as John says. I pray, church, that we would love and be marked by this different love for he first loved us. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you do love us. I pray that we would know this love and we would dwell on this love and this love would compel us, would propel us to love like you and that as a result, people wouldn't look to us or people wouldn't look to Pitt Town and say, oh, gee, these people, they are amazing. But they would look beyond us and they would see how amazing you are and praise and honour you. And I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.